We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of 21 Questions, a Q&A-style show covering whatever our subscribers feel like hearing about. And it's presented by Macadoodles, your one-stop shop for beer, wine, and spirits. Now in Kansas City, the latest episode of 21 Questions begins now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of 21 Questions brought to you by our great pals at Macadoodles. Listen, if you were in Kansas City for the draft this past weekend, I was. you went to Macadoodles. Yeah, you went to Macadoodles. I did. Yes, it was a great time. I, I I did as well. I I very much appreciate that there's one in Kansas City and I don't have to drive into, you know, like southwest Missouri where I've usually gone to Macadoodles. I can go to one and Lee Summit, Missouri, I got exactly what I wanted at a great price, and I got something else that was recommended to me, like I always do, like Macadoodles does such a great job of. We really appreciate them sponsoring this podcast. Make sure you go to Macadoodles and tag me when you go. I got lots of people that tag me on Draft Week, and it was a good time there. I am joined today by my good pal, Maddie Lane. Maddie, we didn't see enough of each other this weekend, so we decided that we should hang out some more. It's never enough. It's never <laughs> enough time, Craig. Um, you know, uh, yeah, Craig and I hung out together almost like the entire time, both out of town, yeah, stayed together. Nice. I made him drive me around when I wasn't driving around with Kent. So, you know, uh, we saw a lot of each other, and I could not be happier to be here with somebody else. You guys, you know, it's Craig and I, so gear in for the next 57 minutes of 21 questions. Um, I like I like that you put when Kit wasn't driving us around. That was a very kind way to say what that meant. Yeah, you. you're right. Driving was loose for whatever was happening. <laughs> okay, we don't, you know, feared we don't for my life. Now, we can, I think at the beginning of the episode, it's okay to bury him a little bit because he might listen to it. It's when you put it at the end where he won't catch any of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just waiting. I'll, I'll get a text later, like after he mows or something and he's plowed through the rest of his podcast queue. Kind of like he plows through the roads of Kansas City. Yes, very, very much so. Very much so. These questions are all cold from the KCSN Discord. The way you get access to the KCSN Discord, if you don't know, is you become a subscriber to KCSN Daily. That is kcsn.substack.com. 
Com. Right now, you are getting film reviews on there. We've got one for Felix Anaduki Uzama up there from me earlier on Tuesday. You've got one from Rasheed Rice from Maddie as of Thursday. So lots of stuff that's coming. We're going to go through every one of them. We're going to go through this. Offseason is my favorite time on the Substack. I get to get conceptual every year. We've, we've kind of gone through a bunch of different stuff. This is my favorite time, so make sure you're subscribed and you will get access to the Discord as well. We are going to start Grayson Jaspers here saying, does Keandre Colbert have a higher ceiling than Derek Nottie, Maddie? Yes, because he has a more explosive first step. I mean, yeah. we're kind of splitting hairs here, right? Like what for a nose tackle, what is the ultimate high ceiling versus low ceiling? I don't think either one of them necessarily have super high ceiling. Neither one of them are going to be Javon Hargrave. Okay. And that's probably like your pinnacle right now of high ceiling nose tackles. Um, they can do a little bit of everything. I don't think either one are going to be that, but Colbert at least has a more explosive first step, so he can insert himself into gaps a little better. He can maybe give you a little bit of a combo of Derek Nadi and Colin Saunders. No, he's not the same athlete that Saunders is, but he can get that first step or two at you know a similar pace, which allows him to get into the backfield more often, which allows him to exchange his gap provide his presence in more spaces than Derek Dottie is a little bit more limited to wherever he's kind of lining up. Yeah, you should uh, go and watch Derek Johnson and Mike DeVito uh, break down Keandre Coburn film. We we did that. Um, holy cow. The the man is fun. He's, he, he's not just a space eater, and I think that's, that's why we were so high on him. That's why I think we were even condoning taking him as early as the third round because he does have a little bit of a ceiling. He does have good lateral agility, a little bit of explosion. Not going to be a six-sack guy by any means, but going to be a guy that's going to be a very effective rotation that you're not mad at for being on the field in your sub-packages there. Justy RK asks, could the Chiefs carry seven wide receivers this season? Tony's history, the current role-specific guys they have, it seems like they could benefit them to keep seven. I could maybe see it. Like, I... Could um I think you're gonna have to sacrifice a tight end or a running back in order to make that happen and I don't well, I don't know how Andy feels right now though like, yeah. are you sacrificing a fullback just playing with an H back just playing with an H back such as like a Noah so you keeping your four tight ends sure. still now you're only keeping three running backs active instead of four so you don't have a fullback yeah. Right? Or do they yeah, do five running backs? Am I wrong? On yeah, they, they, they normally, last year they kept five because they had wrong. Okay, so four running backs, four tight ends, and then seven wide receivers. I, there, I mean, there's your avenue, right? When is Andy Could. not had a traditional fullback? I know, I get it, but they don't have anyone. They didn't even bring in the UDF. They brought in an H-back from Merrimack yeah. to be a camp guy. They don't, they don't have a fullback. They don't have a line on a fullback that we know of. Yeah, it's a position you can probably go sign any point in time leading up to the season, but to not even bring in like competition for the camp, to not even bring in guys in the camp, are they even gonna yeah. play twenty one personnel? Oh, uh, it's it's gonna be weird. I've I've almost come to accept the fullback on the roster now at this point. And if they don't have it, it's gonna it's gonna fit on Tony at fullback. Think- I know I did think it was funny that after Jarek McKinnon got signed that uh, Michael Burton, I believe, was on Instagram or something like that, was congratulating him and all of that. And Jet basically told him, it was like, man, you, 
you got to get your ass back here because I, they're going to make me play fullback, <laughs> which he did in the Super Bowl. He was the up back in that. Wasn't really a fullback necessarily, but hey, and before anybody gets on a hand dive there, is out, that's not going to happen. Jerry McKinnon's not playing fullback. Listen, if the fullback dive is out of the equation because it was getting stuffed, go back to the Bills game where Travis Kelsey played as your H-back fullback. Ooh. Go to the Super Bowl where McKinnon played as your fullback H-back. If the fullback dives out, I don't need my fullback. I don't need him. Just get creative. I, I, yeah. 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 I don't need him. I can just align other guys back there and just not have them be the lead blocker. They can go kick someone out. Like I, There's no need to. This also allows you to keep Seven wide receivers allows you to keep the most guys. It opens up a spot for Justin Ross because he's likely not going to play special teams, and nor is, you know, maybe a Sky Moore. Canarius Tony's not going to be a gunner or a vice. And yet, like, you have a lot of wide receivers in this team that won't be special teamers. So keeping seven allows for a Watson, maybe a Richie James, guys that have special teams experience. You probably make Rasheed Rice play special teams. But, like, it allows you to keep as many wide receivers as possible that aren't going to play teams for guy A and guys that will. I mean, it, it's the sound strategy if you're not going to do the fullback dive. Yeah. Yeah, it could make sense. And plus, oh, great. It's very comfortable playing that kind we're of definitely pacing role. for 57 minutes after spending four minutes on a fullback talk. That's what you come to expect with me and Maddie on 21 questions here. Lee87 asks, and I'll give this one to just to you, Maddie, to make up for that last question. Give me your way too early 2024 draft crushes. Marvin Harrison Jr. Mm. Oh, says everybody around <laughs> the world. Um, I actually really like Xavier Worthy, wide receiver out of Texas as well. He's kind of Jordan Addison sized, and well, shocker, I love Jordan Addison. He was my wide receiver one. Now, not the exact same type of player, a little bit more dynamic, a little bit more of a vertical player, but I think he's really good. I like the way he moves, and I think he kind of understands football. So Xavier Worthy's a guy I kind of got my eyes on early. Desperately going to be tracking Jordan Addison, one, because I thought he was good. Two, he went to a really good spot, so if his size doesn't matter, then, you know, that helps Worthy a lot. It does. It absolutely does. And, you know, I don't have any, you know, future draft takes yet. We'll get there. They're not a, is there not a Big Ten punter that you want to hype up? Listen, man, <laughs> I, I I love Adam Corsack, and I'm very happy that he's in the Chiefs camp right now. I also love Tommy Townsend. I want them both to make the roster. That won't happen. Bruce in the fort asks, over under for Rice receptions this year with no other free agency moves. I He, he put it at around 30. Maddie, I, I think that that's probably a little bit high. I was going to say 26, 27 there. Um, what do you feel? What's your gut? Skymore. Skymore. They were yeah, taken roughly in the same spot. I'm going to make the case the Chiefs like Rasheed Rice more than Skymore because they traded up and not back to get him. They were not, they were not afraid to lose out potentially on Skymore. They were terrified to lose out on Rasheed Rice. So I'm gonna go out on a, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that they like him a little bit more. So I think 30 might be reasonable. You also lost Juju Smith-Schuster, your wide receiver that got the most targets in this offense. So like those might be spread around a little bit. So I think 30 is a reasonable number. If it was at 30 though, I'd have a hard time betting the over. If you put it directly at 22, what Sky Moore's was, I'd probably take the oh, over. Yeah. Like I think we're yeah, about I'm... in that area. So good, good yeah, over under it... line. I would take the under at 30, though. Yeah. 
And, and that's kind of why I said maybe around the 27-ish mark because, you know, super producer Jordan here also pointed out McCall Hardman was 26 year one. It felt like he was so much more involved in the offense, even from year one. Any of those were in it was four-week stretch without help. Sure, sure, it was. But, I mean, maybe that's why it felt like he was so much more involved. Now, the pathway to Rasheed Rice Getting more receptions is definitely a lot clearer if there are no other moves that are make, made. Because, like, he's going to play. <laughs> There's no question that he's going to play, especially if, for whatever reason, Sky Moore doesn't step into the role the way that we think he's going to. So I, I'm going to take the over, even though my gut's telling me that, that, that 30 is probably a little bit too high. I just think that the room is empty enough to where to where you can do that. But that's, that's a good, good line, Bruce LaFort. Real, real good line there. All right, Arrow asks, what position group do you still think the mo- needs the most work post-draft? Uh, wide receiver. <laughs> I I do still think it's wide receiver there. I, I like Rasheed Rice. I like the future of the position. I, I like where they're sitting. I really do. I think that they needed a big needle mover to that room to make me feel a lot more comfortable with it. And while Rasheed Rice may eventually be a big, big needle mover, I love the ceiling, love the prospect, love what he brings to the table. It's going to take a little bit. It's a rookie wide receiver in an Andy Reid scheme. So, you know, he, even if he was a stud, you would still have some reservations about his insertion into the offense. Um, I mean, I think that's a good one. The problem is that where's their space on the roster though, right? Like, who are you kicking off the roster to bring in somebody else now? Is Justin Watson really going to be a casualty after they gave him enough guarantee that you're like, hey, he probably makes it and he does special teams? Like, what yeah. are you available in realistically or even kind of pipe dream-like is going to provide an improvement over the wide receiver room and also play special teams like Justin Watson, right? So, like, I don't know if they have space now. At the end of this year, if Sky Moore doesn't take a significant step and Rasheed Rice looks as far away as Sky Moore did this past year and Kadarius Tony gets hurt and MVS is still the same guy as he always was and Richie James is the same guy he's always been, then it's definitely wide receiver room going forward. Like, you know, six months from now, eight months from now, it could very well be the wide receiver room for sure. I just, I don't know if they have room right now. So for that reason, everyone knows tackle. Derek Nani, Keandre Coburn's a fine one too. I yeah. don't feel great about that as the only one to. I also don't feel particularly great as Tershawn Wharton is the only real backup to Chris Jones. Yeah. That's not great either. So just the D tackle room in general, I think, needs another starter or high level rotational player, very much so. They're starting to get picked up. Al Woods has been signed. Ashawn yeah. Robinson's been signed. I feel like somebody else recently got signed too, who I'm drawing a blank on. Bruno Ford, Bruno Ford got, signed. got signed. You're kind of running out of guys. Now, Brandon Williams is always there for a return. Shelby Harris is kind of a guy that I've targeted for a long time to be there. I think he's really good at football. But, like, I think they need another defensive tackle for sure. I just think that my questions with defensive tackle all revolve around pass rush at this point. Like, I think they got enough bodies to stuff the run a little bit. And if if my issue is, well, what happens if Chris Jones gets hurt? We, we don't mm-hmm. practice screwed. <laughs> okay. I mean, you're just Hear me out. there. Matt Ioannidis. I would like Matt Ioannidis. I like him as a player. Like, I'm not going to be upset about adding another player like that to the roster. Right. I, I'm, I'm completely cool with it. But if we're just looking at it from the pass rush perspective, 
Spax is going to play those defensive ends inside. Sure, sure. I also would also say this too. Shelby Harris has had over five and a half sacks every other year, like his entire career. Yeah. Every other year. It's five and a half, one, then six, then two, then six, then two. So he's due for another five and a half or right now. It's time. Shelby Harris. This, this is why I like Shelby Harris. He's a nose tackle that probably provides you just a little bit of pass rush when you need it. I think you could you could get by on a on a potential passing down, or you could get by subbing in Shelby Harris for Chris Jones and a base down to play next to a naughty or next to a Cobra. Like I just I think he has a little bit of flexibility. Matt Ioannidis is I also think actually a great choice that provides maybe even more pass rush, just a little bit less stoutness versus the run. So there's D tackles out there that I would personally love them to get. Yeah, I, and I do think that they're still rounding out the roster a little bit. Chris Jones, they need to get this deal done a little bit now, especially since Donovan Smith appears to have eaten up the four of the $4.8 million that were yeah, there. And, and, well, McKinnon, I think, was a veteran signing bonus, so that's not like... A lot, it, but... Let me... Yeah, that's, that's not something that's going to move the needle very much there. And honestly, I'm not exactly sure... Donovan Smith getting added to the roster is going to shove somebody below the line, so it's not the full four that they're going to take there, but you're not signing another big player all of a sudden. So, um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I Defensive line, I can still see them trying to add a guy, trying to make something happen there, just like we're going to make a break happen right now. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. If you're here watching this, do we drink when I say that? I drink when we say that. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't prepared. I didn't know we were still in the drinking game. Yeah, well, I, I wasn't sure if it's just a kid thing or if it's an, it's an us thing there. I, I was distracted by watching LeBron James flop because of basketball hit him. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay. Well, anyway, 
Uh, shout out to Corey Peter asking about the defensive end room. We got a question that's coming up here. And shout out to Dole Tools for asking about wide receivers. We just kind of answered that there. Um, let's talk a little bit here. Our guy, Joel Penfield, says, do the picks of FAU at B.J. Thompson not hitting the typical Spags edge thresholds indicate that Joe Cullen could be getting a little bit more say in the picks? Yes, I, I do. And maybe... Maybe it's, you know, a discussion with Spags as well. I don't think that it's just, you know, Spags wants this guy and Joe Cullen wants this guy. They're not going to do that. Like, they're not going to undermine their defensive coordinator. They're not drafting Breland Speaks and saying you have to play him at edge. Uh, oh, wait. Uh, anyway, uh, no, I, I think that Joe Cullen and Steve Spagnuolo are in lockstep with the types of players that they want. And this could just be Steve Spagnuolo maybe seeing the game go a little different way from his typical thresholds and maybe even looking at this draft class and saying, okay, yeah, there's a ton of guys here, but we've got the floor. We've got the foundation in the room with those sorts of guys. Let's take a couple of swings on some guys with some length still, but maybe not the density that he typically prefers. I, you know, I hinted out in the KCSN draft guide that it seems like C Spagnuolo might at least see a path that his, his preference isn't the way of the NFL anymore. But they had still stuck true enough to it that it felt worthwhile. I'm honestly torn right now going forward if it's something that's worth really paying that much attention to because of the way this draft went. And you know, really pulling back the curtain, there's maybe some other names out there that were floated around that the Chiefs were interested in, including Steve Spagnolo, that also wouldn't have fit the traditional threshold. And yeah. so... If that's the case, that I think, one, it indicates, yes, there's a Joe Colon level of input, right? There is certainly some influence coming from Colon, but I also think it showcases Steve Spagnuolo, a guy that Craig and I have been adamant about, is will adjust. He will adapt yes. to the game when he sees a reason to. It seems like he might be seeing a reason to when it comes to these types of defensive ends. And so if that's the case, I don't know what to do with the Steve Spagnuolo defensive end thresholds. Are they completely kaput? or is just weight kaput, it's really hard to read right now. And it, as somebody who tracks this all the time, it's putting me in quite a bind right now because I don't know how important it is anymore given what we just saw over this draft class and like what I'm hearing from stuff that didn't happen but what they were interested in. It's it's a very confusing time for me in this. I think length still matters. Like I do think that the length yeah. aspect of this still matters. I say, you know, as... You know, Mike yes. Dana was a draft pick for this, but you know, I I do think that the guys that they're they're taking there it still matters from that perspective. But like those playing with boys, playing yeah, <laughs> playing with power and uh, <laughs> and you know some of that density stuff uh, maybe not quite as important. Late Y forty four asks smile asks uh, did the pickup basketball game happen this past weekend? No. Kent's scared to compete. Uh, Tom N., do we know if the rice toe has healed? That's the first question. And then, B., do you think he was higher on the KC board than any of the wide receivers that went in the first round, considering they traded up to get him in the second or just the best of the rest? Second part of that, I will answer right now. No, I don't I don't think so. Yes, I do think that there was a smokescreen. I think that they thought that the wide receivers are going to go to a point where the guys that they really liked in the first round, they didn't have a shot at. And maybe they did fall a little bit lower than they expected, but it was still going to be a steep price. They didn't want to give up that much. And I do think that Rasheed Rice was the the best of the rest after that. I really, truly believe that. If you told me he was wide receiver five with a bull, even maybe wide receiver 
four. Like maybe there was one of those top four that they didn't like as much. I I don't know about that, but maybe they didn't like it as much. I think it was five with a bullet, though. I, I don't think that Jonathan Mingo, I don't think that they go through all that work for Rasheed Rice unless he was the guy that they really were dead set on in the second round. I think the toe is healed. I don't know if he had surgery, but he did fully participate in the combine and run drills. Um, he then went down and worked out with Patrick Mahomes. Um, so, like, I think the toe is healed. It's just my feeling on that. I don't know for sure. Thankfully, turf toes are bad, but, like, once they're better, it's not a lingering thing. So, like, you don't have to worry. I mean, and he also still jumped 40 million inches. Yeah, yeah, the explosion was fine. No often stuff. Um, I agree with I agree with Craig. I think he was probably wide receiver five for them, and I don't even know if it doesn't even sound like he was in a tier with other guys, or if he was in a tier with other guys, it had to be yeah. Bing and Reed. But I still think he would have been a top of that tier for them, just the way things played out. They sounded very adamant. They wanted him from the get go. They traded up for him. It was a good trade up, by the way. I think I, I run the. It was like perfect value at fifty five where they got to. That doesn't happen often, so that was good. That was good for them. Um, so it was a good trade up. They got Rasheed Rice. They seemed to really like him. I do think it was a cherry on top that he did get to go work out with Patrick Mahomes, and Mahomes was like, "Hey, I liked what we did together." Um, I don't know how deep that goes, but I think that that was just like a nice cherry on top to a guy that they liked. Just the RK, just to kind of tag this up with the wide receiver stuff. We've all mostly harped on the floor for this wide receiver room, but what is the ceiling? Well, the ceiling, I think, Sky Moore develops into more of that Juju Smith-Schuster role, that kind of intermediate underneath guy that's got good hands, makes tough catches. Rasheed Rice is a very physical guy on the outside with a little bit of vertical stuff, you know, that can get up and go get the ball. True red zone threat as well. Then after that, Kadarius Tony, you can just use him in gadget role. You can use him all over the place. And if he hits his ceiling, which, I mean, first-round wide receiver there, if he hits his ceiling, he can be a truly explosive player at multiple different levels. Now, again, there's a lot of work for all those, all three of those guys to get to that point, but that's a really scary ceiling. I, for all of those guys, if they hit their ceiling, that's a really scary lineup to have to try to fit. Yeah, it's just guys on the roster, MVS continues to do what MVS does. Sky Moore takes that big step, becomes that man-beater, short-to-intermediate wide receiver that creates separation and gets open. Kadarius Toney stays healthy. First and foremost, he's healthy. And then two, he starts showing real wide receiver things and putting that athleticism into more than just being a yak creator. And Rasheed Rice hits the NFL, the toe's fixed, he moves better, and all of a sudden he can still win 50-50 balls at a pretty good rate. I mean, like... It, it, I would don't want to. I want to be clear. His contested catch win rate wasn't elite by any means in the NFL, at the college football level, but he had a lot of opportunities. And when it worked well, it looked good. It looked like he knew what he's doing. I think he actually very well, much understands how to attack the ball in those situations. He hits the NFL and he makes best do at those spots. I think the ceiling for the wide receiver was very high. It's just a lot of guys kind of have to hit their ceiling or hit that top end projection to get there. And I don't know how we have a ton of confidence in them at this point in time, but the ceiling's there. I mean, the ceiling is, is great, especially because they're all young and they're all cheap. Like, yeah. Woo. I like the swings. I really do like the swings. Like, it, it, it 
makes sense. Futures wings would be great if there was just one stable piece. Because NBS is stable. Correct. Yeah, like when you look at the rest of the roster, the other swings that they took, like a defensive end. They got defensive ends. You you got a, a kind of stable foundation that you feel comfortable with. That, that's kind of the issue with, with wide receiver there. Unless Sky Moore is just showing more than we expected in that juju reel. I, I, hey, do you know what you did there? You More than you expected with Sky Moore? Did I, did I do the bit right? Yeah, you did the bit right. It makes me sad when you do it because, yeah. <laughs> All right, I, I like this question a lot. Sebastian underscore German Chief, why grade draft picks before they play to snap? Wouldn't it be smarter to grade previous draft years? I, I know this. I got the answer. Go. It is May, and we need content, baby. <laughs> so we got to push out whatever we can possibly get our grubby little typing fingers on. We got to dust the Cheeto crumbs off the keyboard, and we got to put something out there for y'all to read, or we will disappear into nowhere. I do think that there's a lot of that. Uh, I fully agree with that, Sebastian. I, I don't like placing draft grades because what you're placing, you're not really placing, hey, this is a good fit with this team because of X, Y, and Z. What you're doing is my evaluation of this player and this team that took him were around the pick that I evaluated him. Like, I try and bring in a lot of that other stuff when I am asked to do grades, but a lot of these are just basically, hey, the consensus board said this guy was supposed to go in round four and the team took him in round three, so that's a D minus grade. Like, Yes, fully, fully agree there. Grade previous draft classes. As a matter of fact, you should grade them at the end of the rookie deals. Wait four years because some of these guys you're taking swings on, like injured players, players that need development, you're taking swings on that are going to take a little bit of time to get used to and a little bit of time to get into the contract. We're not going to take any more time doing this. We are going to throw to another break here. Hit it. You're listening to KC Sports Network. We'll be right back after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. We are back. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe mat button. Maddie, fill some time. Oh, I was thinking a drink, too. Yeah, so there we go. Um, yeah, Isaac Q kind of asked a question. How are you all going to treat yourselves after a crazy successful draft season? Well, thank you so much for referring to it as crazy successful. Um, you're watching it. This, this is how we're treating ourselves. We're talking more about football because that's what we do 
So yeah, we're, uh, casting, casting, writing film reviews on the players. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's how we treat ourselves. Casey from Casey asks most memorable moments from draft weekend, and so I'm tagging this kind of up with that. I I do think it's funny. You know, I I think people got a little bit of insight into our process this year that maybe they didn't have before. Chiefs go out, they draft a player. We're obviously aware of a lot of these guys. Watch some film on them. Maybe we've watched a couple games here and there. We are not a primary grader on that. Maybe we've watched a game or two on them. We're relying on the primary grader to kind of tell us, hey, this is more indicative of the prospect. This is where you should go and all of that. So for the past couple of years now, we go home after you know the draft is done, and we sit down and we spend a lot of time all night just watching every game that we can for the prospects like serious deep dives into you know night one it was felix and Uzama. night two it was rasheed rice i actually we'd done a fairly deep dive into Wanye morris prior to that so you know it, we didn't yeah. we didn't really get into that one quite as much but those two guys we did a really deep dive and it was it was kind of fun. Like, it was really fun to go and do that. It's my favorite part of draft weekend every single year, getting to watch tape, getting to go through all of that. So that's my most memorable moment from draft weekend, and it's just one that we do every single year. Yeah, I agree with that. I've, I've mentioned it before, you know, Craig and I are both out of town, so we usually share, like, an Airbnb with our friend Chief Bearcat as well. At the end of every night of the draft, we go back to it, and we sit down and we just start grinding some film. We stay up till 3 a.m., we watch stuff with each other. We bounce ideas off of each other and new stuff comes up. We share our opinions. It is a lot of fun because a lot of times when we watch film, you're watching it by yourself or you're just shooting like ideas of what you think of somebody to another person. We're actually watching it live with each other it, and it's fun. And yeah, it's late at night. It's after a lot of a lot of talking and being like, you know, on for the cameras and it leads to some funny moments watching film. And like, I don't want to say that we're loopy or not paying attention, but like, we're all just kind of like fed up with being super serious. So it gets a little silly, but we're oh, still yeah. trying really hard. It is fun. So on that same note, day three of draft coverage was the best Ooh. this year. That thing got loose and it got loose fast. And that was amazing. That was the best part of the whole thing. No longer just trying to be super like clean with everything that was said. Be It's going to sound bad. I don't mean it exactly this way, but like be like super respectful to each pick. We just kind of had fun with the picks. We were more willing to be a little negative, more willing to say like, hey, I just don't really have a take here. Let's just make something up that has nothing to do with the draft here to buy time. And it seemed like you all watching enjoyed that. It seemed like you guys had a good time with us then. And like that makes it a lot of fun. And it was, it, it, and I think the funny part was, yeah, it was a little bit looser in round four. It got a little bit looser yet in round five. Round six, after the Keandre Coburn pick, like was unhinged. It was unhinged. Yeah, <laughs> it just it just transitioned. Maybe it's not fair to to Nick Jones, but by the time we got to him, it was just kind of like, hey man, Chiefs drafted a player. Like I mean, we we knew what Nick Jones was, but it was it was just one of those it's like we've been talking for twenty plus straight hours about prospects. We're we're going to raise some money chugging seltzers with tucker d franklin and then we found out that he doesn't actually chug them but the most shocking thing that happened we got ready i'm trying to clear the the cans off the table i reached down to pick it up and they were still full 
And he went, oh, no, 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 you can leave those there. I kind of looked at him. He was like, oh, you don't, you don't drink them all. It's like, what? Yeah, that, that was a trip. I mean, like, I'm torn here because, like, shame on Tucker, first of shame. all. Right? Shame. Shame on Tucker. Shame on you for being, for not having his back. You could have just picked it up and acted like it was empty and saved Tucker from all this embarrassment. I'm a bad friend. I'm, I'm a terrible just, friend. You put him on blast. And I did. Put him- I mean, I, sitting right next to all of this happening, obviously had to, you know, elaborate on everything that was happening and draw extra attention to it. Listen, he could have just been like, ah, oh, no, 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 leave, leave that one there, and then left it be. But he said, no, you don't, you don't drink them all. Like he said that into a live microphone. This is his fault. Blame him. <laughs> anyway, thank you all for donating. It was a lot of fun. Good, good draft weekend. Good draft weekend. All right. Um, let's see here. Steve Gray says we've heard some truth, some lies, and a lot of PR since round one of the draft. Which players do you think? The Chiefs were actually targeting for a trade-up in the pick 20 to 30 range. Go ahead. I think in the early 20s, it was a wide receiver. I would specifically say Zay Flowers. I think it's interesting that the range stopped at 23 and that Jordan Addison went to pick 23. We've heard no connections from the Chiefs to Addison. I just think that the, the, the framing was interesting there. I know there's a lot of connections to Zay Flowers beyond even just working out with Mahomes. I think if they were able to land a trade-up to pick 20 that made sense where that wide receiver run started, it gave them extra value, they would have taken Zay Flowers. They would have done it at pick 20. I think I, think I so feel too. very confident in saying that. Later in the 20s, the Dallas thing, I understand there's a lot of there's a lot of run for Mozzie Smith right now. Maybe, maybe he was in contention. I feel equally confident that it was Nolan Smith. Um, we've seen the Chiefs branching out of the Steve Spagnuolo threshold, so I think you can completely trash that, at least for this draft. I don't mm-hmm. think those mattered for this draft. So you can get rid of that. You're looking at a great leader. You're looking at a guy that works hard. You're looking at a guy that Joe Colon clearly liked, that Joe Colon went to his pro day after cle- already clearly liking him. That Joe I Colon think- had memorized all of his measurables at the NFL Combine and had them off the top of his head. Yeah. And look what they did. Super athletes, at highly important positions. You know who is in a highly important position? A nose tackle. You know what it is? A defensive end on a guy that ran like a 4-2 and jumped out of the gym. So, like, I don't know. Those are I, I know Zay Flowers, and I feel pretty confident in Nolan Smith. Yeah, no, I think it was Nolan Smith. Yes, heard all the smoke, heard everything else like that. The, I don't, I'm not even saying that they didn't like those players. I really do believe that they do. But if Joe Cullen had any influence at all, in this draft, which Felix Anaduke Azama, BJ Thompson tells you that he did. He was in love with Nolan Smith. Like, I think he was absolutely smitten with Nolan Smith. The fact that he went a pick before, I think the Chiefs, if they could have, would have loved to move up just a little bit to try and go get that guy. All right. Brian Anderson. Asked a series of three questions. We'll just hit these real quick. How many dra- how much draft capital would we need to move from 32 to 2 to pick Marvin Harrison Jr. next season? Way too much. Number two, would you be on board with that? Probably not. I don't I don't know. Probably probably not. But uh yeah, Maddie, you're muted, buddy. I was I would sacrifice an entire draft. No questions asked. To draft Marvin Harrison Jr. 
Would, would you sacrifice three drags? Yes. <laughs> wow. Okay, I would not um, do that. Hold on. I'm looking in now, while you buy me time reading the last part, I am looking now at okay. what we are talking about to get to that level. Is there another list of cheaper wide receivers, essentially, that you like as round one talent for 2024? Oh, I don't I don't have a ton of visibility on these guys yet, but uh, Maddie, do you, do you know? But you got anybody? It would cost a lot to get up to pick two. It seems a little bit more reasonable if we got to like pick four. There's a big gap between pick like two and three, and then uh, that's where it kind of so pick two seems unreasonable. What starting pick three, you could maybe start having a conversation without a QB tax. I would I would sacrifice an entire draft to draft Marvin Harrison Jr. Wherever that gets me, that's my son. I would give up the entire draft to get him. So that's that's that part. Twenty twenty four receivers. Marvin Harrison Jr. I mentioned Xavier Worthy earlier. Malik Neighbors out of LSU, I think, is about to be on a stark uptick this year if he gets competent quarterback play. Mario Williams is going to be the new wide receiver one at USC. I think he's another one. I'm going to draw a blank on his name because I need it right now, but Arizona has two wide receivers. Um, Cowing is the slot wide receiver, but they have an outside wide receiver that is also pretty well. Troy Franklin at Oregon. Um, is the guy catching all the passes from Bo Nix and the one that like looks good doing it. And then Rome Adunze, I believe is how you pronounce it, at Washington, catching the Phoenix Bombs in Washington. It's like, and there's more guys that I left out. There's, excuse me? I, I, don't, I don't really want you to reference uh, panics with, with the word bomb and just kind of throw it in there real fast. That was, uh, <laughs> that was, that was a little too close to us getting an explicit tag on this. So, yeah. But, um, but yeah, there, there's definitely some guys. There's some. I know I'm going to be forgetting some too, but the wide receiver class next year looks to be right back on track. Yeah. You have the clear-cut top five guy, and when you have that, it makes the rest of the class look better. And so I think you're going to be there right away because of Marvin. Oh, uh, Ameka Abuga, the, the Marvin Harrison Jr.'s teammate. He would have probably been oh. wide receiver one this year had he come out. So, hey. Yeah. I, I mean, oh. Boy, look at that. You know, Ohio State just churning out more dudes like they do. Hmm. Um, let's see here. Frank the Tank. I had to look it up real quick. Sorry, I just want to get it correct. Frank the Tank is going to close us out here. Perfect. Asks, if the NFL let you choose the Thursday night opening opponent off of this year's schedule, who is it and why? Ooh, you know I know that the NFL doesn't always do this. As a matter of fact, it always seems like they tend to go divisional game week two. But give me the Chargers week one. Like, I, I think that they are the ones that truly have a chance to try and dethrone the Chiefs, if at all. Like, I, we all know how this is going and all of that. I would just like to bury that narrative week one rather than hear about paper champs, off-season champs, you know, until week four or whenever it is the Chiefs play them. You know, we don't have the schedule yet, but give me the Chargers week one to put little brother in their place immediately. Send me the discount Cleveland fraud goals week one on oh. Thursday night to put oh. them directly back in the dirt for the back-to-back -to, -back to start their season on just as sour of a note as they ended it last year. The Jabronis, they need to learn when to know their role and shut their mouth. And that 
happens opening day on Thursday night football. The prodigals go down at Arrowhead Stadium. I would, you know what? Give me that game late in the season. I want to bury him twice in quick succession. There, I want I want their hopes to get like get that get that climb and start their season with a loss and end it with a loss and beat them a third time in the middle, even though they that's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? We don't know what's going to happen this season. We don't have the schedule yet. Maybe they, maybe they're going to add another one. We'll we'll see. That is going to do it for this edition of Twenty One Questions. I think Maddie for hanging out with me. I thank you all for all of your questions. In the Discord, we will be back next week with more of your questions. Thank you to Macadoodles for sponsoring us. Be kind to each other, and we will catch you later. Down with the frauds. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.